You are listening to Nerds from the Crypt, the podcast that reviews your favorite horror movies, comics, novels, and series. Before we get too far into the episode, I wanted to go ahead and make sure to say thank you to everyone who joined us out in Fort Worth for the Texas Podcast Meetup. It was great seeing every one of you all and meeting... Um, a lot more of our Texas um, podcast friends. We will be having another Texas podcast meetup in June. I believe it'd be the first in Austin. And then again in um, September, I believe in San Antonio. So we have, if you didn't meet us in Fort Worth, you have more chances to go ahead and meet up with us in Austin and San Antonio. So um, stay tuned and we'll be able to get you more information as that comes up. All right, guys. So um, since I've been traveling last week, uh, what, what are you, have you all been up to? I, I tried to catch up on sleep and that did not work either. There's too much good stuff to watch. <laughs> so like, I'm almost done with the new Stephen King book and I'm at the, the peak, peak of this story. It's wild. The, uh, you're you're uh, reading The Outsider? Yeah, I got like 50 pages left. Oh, Nelly. Oh, Nelly. It's a good one. We still need to do a book. So maybe one of these days we'll do a Stephen King book. Any uh, any horror movies or horror uh, news that's come out lately since we last recorded? Um, let's see. The new trailer for um, Dark Stories or More Stories to Tell in the Dark is going to be produced by Guillermo del Toro. Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Right, right. Um, I was thinking maybe um, we should... Uh, look at book number one and um, review it for the podcast. Oh, that'd be good. I would uh, love that. And those I, stories I, are so interesting. It'd be great. I'll look for a PDF version of it, but um, I think the digital version, they are actually being um, put on Kindle mm. uh, starting next week, I think. Oh, that's cool. So um, if anything, if all this follows a thing, we can, we can just go ahead and get that or something, but um, I'll, I'll look for uh, a version of that. I know that we have a couple of the shops, so I'll just grab one off the shelf. Oh, like, the, then we could do you can take pictures of each episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know how long that would take, but I'll do it because I love the show. I'll do it. Yeah, man, I, I remember that that book. I remember um, it was crazy because our elementary class had a, um, two of them actually, um, and then I would read them over and over again. So I was like the weirdo in the class. <laughs> They're they're like they were cool because like the stories and then the imagery in there. I mean, it wasn't but like freaking every, imagery. Yeah, it's just it gave you a little like dark tinglies, and you're like, ooh. And the stories always felt like half of them left you to a little bit of like, oh man, I'm gonna go to bed tonight. I'm gonna wake up and something's gonna be there. The freaking preview for this movie. And they had said it before. They had said that they were gonna be pretty accurate to the the book. I am mm-hmm. more than pleased at these freaking monsters that are coming out of this book. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I want to see what the um uh, uh the catalyst for the story? Yeah, like what what causes all these these monsters to appear. Oh uh, yeah. Um I hope it's not like goosebumps where it's like oh they came out of a book or whatever. I hope it's more just like it's tales that that are believed to have happened and then they just decide to come out or something like that. They're inside of a man's mind or a woman's mind, and they fell down, hit their head on the sidewalk, their brain cracked open, and they all just spilled out onto the road. 
Or they're on just a snow globe or something. Yeah. Oh. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. <laughs> We'd bring it back. And they all come out of the closet, and then lions come out, and a few witches come out, and whatnot. Um, Mr. Wonder <laughs> <laughs> um, another thing they did come out was uh, Mark Hamill has been announced as the voice of Chucky. Yeah. Oh. So. Yes. So, yeah, so I'm kind of bummed that we're not going to get a Brad Dourif back as the voice Chucky, but, you know, it's going to be a whole hard reboot. So yeah. I, I can see why they wouldn't want to go ahead and do it because um, they don't want to link it to the other one. And, I mean, he's still going to get work in the because the other series is still going, actually. So, yeah, they're going to have two series of Child's Play going at the same time. Huh. That's so um, and then this is superhero and comic book related. A crossover, if you will. Um, they just re- announced a Joker movie coming out in this October. Oh, that looks awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. I saw the images. You know, it's crazy how they did that with the, they, they, they made that, that elephant, the Joker, with all the makeup on its face. What? No? Oh my gosh, <laughs> I mixed up Dumbo again. Oh, crap. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "What are you talking about?" <laughs> well, I mean, I think you had me going. Greg. Yeah, I was like, uh, "Greg is on his off his meds again." I know. Oh no! Sorry, or too guys. much of his meds. I don't know. Too much. I, <laughs> off the rails. Yeah. Um. What was I yeah. Say? No. Joker's gonna be sweet though. The weird thing is that Dumbo might be darker than Joker because of Tim Burton. Yeah, that's true. I mean, well, it already looked. I mean, like honestly, they have him dressed up as a clown. He does look like the Joker, and it was kind of like, ooh, that was just the, the story of the the just the the original story, and then you you put Tim Burton in the seat, and it's just gonna have a little bit of a a feel. <laughs> and Danny DeVito's gonna be in it, and he's usually kind of creepy because he's the Penguin. <laughs> yeah, he's he's pretty much uh, creepy by himself. Um, but cemetery is out. I haven't been able yeah. to get a chance to see it, mainly because I've been traveling. Uh, but hopefully, I can get to it this week, and we can talk about that pretty soon. That'd be good. Yeah, I haven't. I haven't seen it either. I think like uh, the the last thing we went to see in the movie theater finally saw Captain Marvel. So, oh, yeah, there's, there's quite a bit of um, quite a bit of things that we I need to catch up. I still need to watch us. Um, yeah, same. <laughs> yeah, I finally watched Hereditary. So. Um, I'm 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 make, I'm working my way back up. <laughs> it's time, man. Time. Woo, time. Well, um, we have the Curse of the Yorona coming out uh, mm-hmm. later this month, I believe. It's what it is. Um, I'll be honest. I'm not. I'm not looking too much into it because I don't know. I, I just I don't feel like they're gonna be able to hit the the myth or the mythology. Of it. Yeah, you don't think it's going to do justice? Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I, I'm not a big fan of the Conjuring uh, series. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I don't think it's going to be great. But you don't. You never know. You know. I'm not. I'm not one of those people who are like, oh, I'm not going to watch that. Whatever. Um, but um, we'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah. Which is funny because uh, our friends out there and um, I have a strange story. They've had yeah. two episodes where they have like a little bit talking of La Llorona. And I'm uh-huh. like, why didn't you message me? I could have given you so much oh, information. <laughs> yeah, dude, you'd have been like all over it. It's a that's it's a good myth, but it's definitely I I, I feel your your concern about the the movie yeah. not hitting the the right the right spots. Which I did reach out to him and go, I got a bunch of stories, but I'm like, um, it's really hard for me to write them down to make them sound. I, I'm more of a like, I'll tell you the story rather than so. Yeah, yeah. I, I might be a guest on their project podcast. I'm not too sure yet. 
are you talking about the alien thing that happened to you where you woke up with a garbage can? Oh, no, that's not a story. That's true. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> I thought it was. Yeah, yeah. No, no I mean, the, the, the alien gave me all that alcohol and that knowledge. Oh, <laughs> and oh, yeah, knowledge. Yeah, knowledge, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Looks that's like, cool. I mean, we talked we talked about it before. There's a lot of horror movies coming out and great looking horror movies. We have yeah. Octavia Spencer coming out of that new um, uh, movie, uh, Ma. I don't know if you've seen the previous to that. Oh yeah, I saw the previous. That looks so creepy. Yeah, she, I mean, I've always seen her as like, um, like in the help and, um, yeah. and, and like that kind of role. Uh, I, she comes out in Hidden Figures, I believe. Um, yeah. We just watched that along. Yeah, she does because we just watched that, and it, she, I, she's a great actress. And now to see her in this particular uh, role, uh, it, it's crazy. <laughs> she was also in the shape of water. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is crazy though is that Child's Play is coming out on June twenty first. Yeah, and they just announced Mark Camel. So I wonder if they waited all this long to announce it, or are they just like, oh, we should probably get somebody to voice Chubby. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good question. I wonder. Maybe maybe they're holding back. We wanted to wanted to hit that hit that nitro button near I mean, the end of the finish yeah. line. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe they didn't want to make it like, oh, um, yeah. Or have us get tired of of the news? Yeah, um, a new the the new mutants finally got a release date. Did I, it really? Is it is it a real release date? Well, I don't know. We've been moving pushing back. Well, right now it's set up as August second. So okay, um, I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. <laughs> see the post at the movie theater. Man, yeah. I've been waiting for that movie forever. I'm not um, holding my breath. Uh, yeah, I'm not gonna hold my breath. The one I'm really waiting for, of course, is September. Uh, it chapter two. Yes. Yeah, you can count on that coming out on time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and having all of our monies. <laughs> um, one thing that I did see is that the Are You Afraid of the Dark uh, movie? Yeah. Doesn't it looks like it's uh, been held up? However, no. uh, Nickelodeon did say that they're going to move on with the anthology reboot. Oh, okay. Um, so actual series, and uh, I just hope they live up to the name of uh, Are You Afraid of the Dark. Yeah, I was actually tweeted somebody because they had um, posted about it. I'm like, can't wait for the reboot, and they're mm-hmm. like, yeah, I, I just want to see this new generation, see see how they adapt to the 21st century, and see how they adapt um, the new stories to it, which technology and, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, which actually kind of brings it to to today, because uh, we're going to be looking at Twilight Zone 2019. We'll we'll see how how Twilight Zone was able to go ahead and update to the 21st century, and um, you know, uh, see see if it works or not. Um, so yeah, we're going to be looking at the first two episodes of the Twilight Zone reboot. Twilight Zone, created by Rod Serling, is an anthology series of various genera- genres, um, including fantasy, sci-fi, suspense, horror, psychological thriller. Uh, most of the episodes do have a moral to them, but mostly end with an unexpected twist. The horror ones, um, the the suspense, you know, thriller ones are always my favorite favorite ones. Um, mm-hmm. However, I believe the Twilight Zone is not necessarily uh, heavy on the horror side, but I don't know what what did you guys uh, like about the the initial or the first uh, series of, of Twilight Zone? Uh, I I think like you know growing up as a kid, it was one of those things that like my my dad was really into uh, between that and Star Trek, and uh, it was just a like a fun a fun watch and having him explain 
things uh that are happening like you know easter eggs there's like you know like i didn't know what those were as a kid and you start to see like they they do that in that in that series sometimes with uh stuff from previous episodes so it's kind of cool and that'll lead into later but um yeah Mm -hmm. no i just i think like you you nailed it it's a little bit of everything it's all genres mixed together so you're you're getting a little snippet from uh different different aspects and and looks at stuff so i I really enjoyed that and then as as an adult like looking back at some of the classic episodes and seeing how much uh how many issues were brought up um but you didn't like it wasn't like i guess you, you weren't feeling like hit over the head in a sense uh watching it so you're you're like oh hey i didn't think like that before and this guy just opened up my eyes to stuff which i really hope that in you know how this political climate right now um people are not going to be crying (laughs) if it does bring up issues like that because it is something that has been brought up in in the past in the original series of twilight zone and i think rod zerning was made sure that that happened right right uh david did you have any pre- previous um history with the uh, twilight zone yeah uh similar to greg uh i grew up with my mom and dad showing me the originals quite a bit um but then once netflix came out with it the original series on it loved going back and rewatching it mm-hmm. and i think as somebody who wants to write a lot of stories it also gave me a really good sense of um a pretty structured story sense of how a story should be told like I love short stories and the way how compact Rod Sterling would get with each of them. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, the few that were hit or miss, but like all of them blew me away with like from like start to finish Rod would like bring them together in such a succinct way um, and tell such a big story, in such a small way. And like Greg said, with the subtleties of Easter eggs and morals and values that I think we'll, we'll see in this new retelling of what Jordan feel. Yeah. Yeah. I remember in our last episode when we did the uh, the Tales from the Crypt episodes, and I had said that the Tales from the Crypt was one of the first uh, things I actually saw growing up that got me into horror. But uh, the first uh, among the first things was the Twilight Zone um, because they're always on syndication. That well, I mean, you go New Year's Day and July um, July Fourth. Uh, pretty, I mean, you know, those are the two ones that I remember that they had twenty four hour. Uh, I think mm-hmm. it was like um, thirty hour. Uh, all marathon. the Twilight Zone. Yeah. <laughs> all day. And um, I actually, um, growing up, I have, well, I actually still have it somewhere in my parents' house. It's a VHA, VHS tape of when I rec- just put the put the tape in and just let it record. <laughs> nice. Uh, like eight hours of, of the Twilight Zone. And uh, oh, wow. we would, um, growing up, we would drive down to, to Mexico to visit my grandparents. Uh-huh. And we had a TV in the in the uh, in the van, so we would just put pop that in, and we would just watch it like half the way through there because the drive down is like fifteen hours. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, so we would uh, we would watch that. Um, yeah, but um, I love the Twilight Zone. I I had the hope <laughs> that Jordan Peele would be able to live up to live up to um, Rod Sterling's vision, and uh, we'll talk about that right now in a little bit. Horror has has a renaissance going on right now. Um, Amazon Prime has um, anthology shows. Um, they have Philip Dick's Electric Dreams and and um, yeah, uh, which is more more sci fi than anything else. But it still has that sort of like little twisty thing, uh, moral, psycho- yeah, yeah, psychological. Um, they picked up the um, podcast lore and turned it into a a um, a series there on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. We have Hulu every on a monthly. Um, I guess they call it like a film festival kind of thing. Into the dark. 
Mm-hmm. And then HBO, I, don't, I, I haven't seen this, but they have a Asian horror centric um, series called Folklore. Mm. Oh, cool. So um, I got to look into that. I I, yeah. I was able to find that when my, I was researching for this podcast, for this podcast, for this episode. Um, and yeah, I, I got to look up, look for it because um, Asian horror, I don't know if you have I've read any of their, uh, their folklore. Oh, folklore. yeah. They're freaking scary. I, I grew up with it, man. I mean, like, oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> my, grandma, my grandma put me to bed with creepy stories all the time that and my mom, like, all about just don't do this. Don't, you know, like, don't do these things in your in your day don't put your chopsticks in the food or bad things will happen. Someone will die. And it's like, you see that in a lot of their, like in the movies and stuff like that, where it's like, you, you know, the story because you're brought up with it and then you see it visually. And a lot of their visuals are just like ridiculous. Um, I don't know. I watched uh, like the eye a few years ago. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's, that's just who creepy because it makes you not, it makes you, makes you really scared if you are an organ donor or going to be a recipient. (laughs) (laughs) Well, let me ask you this, like growing up, did you watch the American versions or did you watch the, the, the original versions? Oh, uh, of the movies and stuff like that. I, uh, I, I tend to watch like both because like as a, when I was in my, in my teenage college years and stuff like that i had friends that worked in video stores and i worked in video stores so we'd always get like either like you know mm-hmm. so like get both versions of the ring and watch both versions in the same night and then like we'd we'd go to denny's and just chop it up over over <laughs> you know greasy food and coffee and just be like oh which one did you like better how did you like you know all those things um and the same with like you know as as i've gotten older and there's more access to different stuff so you've got different things that are streaming or you find them find them in other places and stuff like that mm-hmm. and it's just like oh you can just really get in and, and see a lot of cool stuff so that finding out that there's a there's going to be a, like a cool anthology series like that with uh, some of the snippets of stories and stuff because like like the one thing that draws me to like shows like twilight zone and or smaller anthologies where everything is compact and, and short and you, we live in a very busy world, man. I mean, <laughs> so being able to like jump on a treadmill and watch a half an hour show or 45 minutes or something like that and just jam out is, is sometimes all you have. You can't sit down and, and, and engulf yourself in a two hour movie. So, so I did look it up real quick and it says um, HBO Asia is where it premiered October 7th, 2018 created by Singaporean director, Eric Cool, I think is how I say it. It's a six-episode series featured stories based on Asian superstitions and natural folklore myths, with each episode helmed by a director from a different country. Cool. So, yeah, so countries of origin, oh. Indonesia, Japan, Thailand, Malaysia, Singapore, South Korea. Cool, so, cool. I hope they have a vampire tree story. Oh, man. It's scary as fuck. <laughs> so, yeah, and it looks like every episode might have a couple of, couple of different segments in it, so it's not like it's going to be one specific um title uh, unless i'm i'm wrong about that but i have like i said i haven't really looked into it until because i just looked found it in our in my research for this episode all right guys so without any spoilers so giving out anything that you thought of the actual episodes um what did you all think of the new twilight zone no spoilers uh i thoroughly enjoyed my watch that i got to see thoroughly and and was happy that my wife actually she doesn't jo- she doesn't usually join me on on viewings of things that uh, we view for for the podcast and she was like yeah I'm gonna watch this with you so that made me happy. <laughs> um, no spoilers. I was thoroughly impressed and uh, I loved the overall tone and uh, 
vibe, if you will, of what Jordan Peele is going for. Yeah, and I have to say the new episodes are very um, Sterling-esque. That, that, that makes sense what I just said. <laughs> but they've been able to update it into the modern 21st century. Um, this is not the first time that they reboot the Twilight Zone. This is actually the third time they reboot the Twilight Zone. <laughs> um, they re- rebooted it back in 85. Um, I believe that was CBS. It lasted for three to four seasons. And then it was rebooted again for 2002 on UPN. Uh, which I believe CBS owns. And, oh my gosh, um, UPN. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that was a one season uh, off uh, the episode uh, series. I mean, uh, with Forrest Whitaker as the as the narrator. Uh-huh. Um, I actually enjoyed that season, and it, it just didn't hit with people. I guess. Um, yeah. But there's there's I a lot. I, yeah. I I can't believe like people didn't just jump on the Forrest Whitaker show. I mean, like he his presence is so good. <laughs> yeah. I, I, and um, he, his presence on that episode and, and those, I mean, I guess it, it was, it was good, but it was Forrest Whitaker. Yeah. Um, with Jordan <laughs> Peele, it feels like he's actually playing the role of the narrator rather yeah. than just being, just being him, just narrating the story or, you know, mm-hmm. giving us the intro. So, yeah, because, um, Jordan Peele is actually playing a role, not just reading the lines, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, at least that's how how it feels. Something I thought worked really well in these first two episodes was that, like you said, Sol, he was definitely, like, playing this Rod Sterling character, mm-hmm. and yet it seemed like very much a family affair show, right? Like, if you're following a lot of these actors and actresses in pop culture, like, they're all coming together to be a part of this anthology series, Mm-hmm. Um, which, which is so something cool. that happened in the first in the first series. There's a lot of guest stars that, that came out in the in the original. Um, oh yeah. Well, even even in the uh, in the reboots, I believe that there's a lot of. I I I gotta be honest. I didn't give the second the eighty five version. Didn't give it too much um, viewing. I mean, I was uh, not even born when it came out. <laughs> um, I was what? minus a couple of months. I was minus a couple of months. But I've I've had a so, chance to go back and read and sit, watch a couple of them, and they're not my favorite. Not um, your favorite yeah. The 2002 version was was actually more my my cup of tea, um, so I watched all of those. But like I said, the, this one it just feels so great. There's just something about Peel's uh, version of the narrator. Mm-hmm. It's like he's like telling us a story, but he's got that like like um, that snark. He smile on him, or like he knows like yeah. something's gonna happen, and you just and you just it's like you just wait, it's gonna happen here. One of the things that I mean, since we're talking comparisons right now, like uh, if you compare Rod and and Jordan together, and and how their their approach to this, they're both um, kind of, and I, I'm pretty sure that this is uh, something that that people have, have seen and read, but like you know, <clears throat> Rod wanted to do something that that turn people a little onto different ideas and stuff like that. And I, I feel like definitely that's, that's the way Jordan is, is coming about it as well. Um, you know, and how he, uh, is making a take on it. And so it's nice to see, uh, a, a very, a, a very good, um, strong presentation and representation of, of, uh, that same kind of ideal structure, uh, coming back full circle to, to helm the ship, if you will. And yeah. I think what makes this like a good time for a reboot is um, not only kind of the climate, but also Jordan Peele himself has proven himself a great uh, horror writer with first Get Out that has a message and then Us. Mm -hmm. Um, And he himself is such a huge fan of the original series. 
Yeah. This makes him perfect to just slide into this role. Mm-hmm. And he was actually uh, kind of hesitant on taking the role as a narrator. He was brought on, I believe, to be just a showrunner mm-hmm. um, and, and a writer or something, or a, I guess a writer. Um, but then they asked him to be the, the narrator, and he was a little hesitant on it, but I'm glad he took it. So let's go ahead and move on to the first episode. Uh, we've been talking quite a bit today. <laughs> I really got to the first episode. Um, That's all right. First episode is about 55 minutes, I believe, almost an hour, which I I, I thought maybe every single episode was going to be this long. But mm-hmm. we'll, we'll see in the next episode that it's a, that one's a lo- little bit um, shorter. <laughs> um, so first episode and the second episode were both released on April 1st. Um, this one, The Comedian, was released for free on YouTube. Um, I guess it's going to be like the first one's for free. The next one you have to pay for. <laughs> yeah. That's how they get you. Uh, so the rest of them, rest of the series will be on CBS All Access here in the U.S. I think um, around the world you get it like on Netflix and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, we, we have to pay the extra. <laughs> that extra, extra. <laughs> that extra, yeah. Um, so it stars, uh, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm going to butcher the name um, unless one of y'all know how to say the name correctly. Kumal Najayani. Um, as Samir was on, comedian of the story. We also have Tracy Morgan, who plays J.C. Wheeler, Samir's comedic idol. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, yeah, let's just go ahead and jump into the episode. Uh, we start off with Samir, who bombs his set because um, he's making this like this long, like I don't know, convoluted uh, set about the Second Amendment, and he's. Uh, I guess his goal is to make people think with the act. I think is what he says later on, mm-hmm. but it's really not working. It's, it's it's the crowd is not really having it. It's too thinky. <laughs> and the thing is that with with um uh, with the thing with with that with Kumal, um, he isn't a, a a stand-up comedian, so he I think he knows how to act or how it feels to mm-hmm. to not actually um hit the jokes that he wants or get the laughter he wants. So he knows how to like act as like he's panicking when, yeah. uh, when it's not, when the crowd's not taking or not liking the act. Right. It's well, yeah, very- something that was so funny about this episode was that you had these big comedians and Jordan himself as a comedian, sort of like making fun of themselves, not being good at. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and like just like that opening is like so serious. And I just like looked like Anne and I looked at each other and she was like, these guys, they're all so funny, but this is like so serious. And I'm like, I know that's what makes it so ridiculously painfully funny. Exactly. And um, he later meets famous comedian JC Wheeler sitting at the bar who talks to him about his act. And immediately Kumal, uh, um, Kumal <laughs> Samir um, asks him about, about notes on how he can make his um, act better. Mm-hmm. Which Wheeler encourages him to, that he can find success, but he needs to make it more personal. But he gives them the warning. Once the audience connects with your material, it's gone forever and belongs to them. Um, so much like reality. <laughs> we, I, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, Samir had talked about J.C. Wheeler earlier and then said, said he had disappeared or something like that. Mm-hmm. Do we know? Do we think that this is actually J.C. Wheeler or do you think this is like the devil? I. You know, I kind of was feeling that I got the devil vibe or like definitely like a little uh, um, uh, Daniel's band, the uh, the crossroads kind of situation, you know, like it's going to be a, a fiddle off in the dark, <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Uh, 
Um, and we'll and we'll talk about it later again because you know he's not the first time he come, appears and and the ending is just that twist. But we'll we'll get to that in a little bit. Um, so yeah, so he encourages him to find success in his personal life, and Samir does that by bringing in people he knows or things that uh, that are present to him, such as his dog that he named Cat. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think he, he tried to use in his in his um in his act before. Um but when he uses it after he kind of kind of like toast um JC Wheeler here, he, he uses it and it's not even the jokes. It's, it's like when he says the name of the person or yeah. in this case the name of the dog, that's when everybody starts laughing. Yeah. It's so weird because it's no there's no actual jokes or punchlines. It's just like him, oh my dog named Cat is such whatever like that, and then everyone starts like cracking up like crazy. Yeah, that is the interesting part. It is not the like he'll tell a joke and the joke is like people are kind of laughing, but the uproar like the the total like just people losing their bananas <laughs> is is when the name is dropped for whatever in the segment, and it's like. Huh? but it makes sense. But that's, that's the whole thing of the story is that it's like, it's not necessarily that he's being funny. It's just that it, it's that little, it's that little caveat that, that what he does. Yeah. Yeah. Is, is, so you see that it's not the actual joke that's going on. It's what the outcome of it. Yeah. Lead so, life. He finds <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah, well, he did say once you give them your personal life, it's not yours. It's theirs now. Right. Uh, yeah. give it up so after the act he finds out he goes home to his girlfriend of like seven years something like that um mm-hmm. and he finds that cat is missing when he gets home and she doesn't even remember the dog yeah uh, so which is weird to him right so he's like oh you guys are playing a joke whatever well the next the next night i believe um samir is uh, telling the story um uh, to his nephew who goes on to roast him like crazy <laughs> <laughs> roast him. pretty pretty yeah. good but then he goes on to roast him. He, Samir goes on to roast his nephew um, while on stage. And while he's on stage, he sees him be erased from existence. Yeah. And of course, Samir is the only one that remembers him. It's like, damn, are you Thanos? Did you snap? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. What if Thanos was uh, JC Wheeler? Oh, my God. He's got the, you never see his other hand. The ultimate crossover. Oh. <laughs> Which we'll get into a crossover in a little bit. With 30 uh, Rock? Awesome. I can't wait. Okay. <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, he, he kind of starts doing like, oh, you know what? This is a crappy situation I'm in. But you know what? I'm going to use it for good. So, he actually goes to Facebook, starts finding people that are like deserve to be gone um, because... Um, they're like people who I think one of them was like someone who, who murdered his wife that he went to school with. Yeah. Um, and he starts using their names on the, on the act. And of course he's starting to get big and big and big, but these people are starting to, to erase. He, he says the name of one of the comedians that um, had gotten so drunk that he, he ran into a bus stop and, and killed a, a lady and her, and her, uh, I don't know if it was a baby or if it I was a, a baby. Yeah. A baby. <laughs> so, so he's like, Oh, you know what? I didn't want this, but you know, as, as long as I'm getting famous, I can use it for good. Yeah. Which, you know, he always ends up coming to bite you in the butt. Um, I don't remember. Is uh, Rena, Rena is, is some years girlfriend. Does mm-hmm. she continue to talk about her relationship with her mentor? They, you know, I don't, 
I I don't think they she talks about it, but you definitely see the interaction at the at their at their apartment. So it's not like it's not like throughout the episode she's like talking about him. It's just that it's no, just that the mirror starts to to get jealous about it. Yeah, he's like overthinking it. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I mean, the, her mentor was her uh, college professor, and all these years later, they're still talking, and and he feels like she talks to him more than uh, about like stuff, uh, I guess that than he does than she does to him. So, um, I think he calls her out on it, and then the next the next night, he's bringing him up in his act, and mm-hmm. um, this is really where where I feel like it starts to get darker on for him at least for some year. Uh, because uh, once soon as as soon because uh, Rena actually goes to see him do do the what's it called act, and when mm-hmm. it finishes, she he goes down to to talk to her, and she's like, "Oh, I got to go to work," and he's like, "Oh, you know, he goes you don't work on Saturday nights." And it's like um, we find out that she's a, she works at a diner now, mm-hmm. um, and because she never had that mentor professor, she never graduated and became a lawyer. Um, so now they didn't have enough money to save up to go on that trip to Paris that saved their relationship. So now, uh, years later, they're still rocky. They're still uh, in trouble. And she decides to end the relationship when she finds out that Samir, well, well, when Samir is kind of like freaking out and trying to get used to what, how he has, he has uh, um, changed his life by accident. Yeah. I mean, it's hard. It's a lot of process, a lot to process in a couple of minutes or a couple of, um, moments there when you fear you just screwed yourself up yeah it was like you could see him like all of a sudden as as he's starting to get it as the pieces are starting to slide together and he's trying to like explain to her and she's like just shut up like i don't know what you're talking about <laughs> yeah and then, like i said she ends it she ends up ending it with him so he finds out that they're gonna that him and his um friend slash rival uh, comedian uh, Didi are going to be up for a spot in one of the most famous comedy clubs. Um, I forgot the name of the comedy club, but that the representative is there that night. They're going to have to go one-on-one to see who actually gets that spot. At that point, I believe she he he decides that he's no longer going to do it and uh, he's going to quit. But she talks him out of it, and um, the, I think but it's, I think it's the owner of the club comes in and tells her you need to go nuclear. You need to just you know do your best material. Do it all, which he, which he takes that as okay. I'm gonna go ahead and just name every single person that has ever wronged me. <laughs> blow um, it out. I, then, I gotta throw a side note really quick. I don't know. Yeah. We talked to Easter eggs earlier, but I don't know if anybody caught in the back room there where they're in yeah. in the green room, changing room. Uh, the the uh, definite classic throwback to the dummy episode from the original episode original series. And dummy always scared the crap out of me when I was growing up. It's it's hanging out in the back room, and I was like, "Holy shit!" I just like, well, lost it. Not only that, but um, I think it's only it's it's actually pretty early in the episode. Um, the theater masks that are hanging on the on top, yeah, um, of the set, huh? they look very much like the the mask from the the episode, the mask. Uh, I, don't oh. know, I don't know if you remember that one where the oh, again. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah. Um, that deforms the people's work who are wearing them. Yeah. Oh, there, there's a lot of little, little snaps in here. I'm sure there's a lot more that I, that I didn't catch. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry. What, what happens? 
what happens that makes him he start he turns he turns his uh his his rage against the audience but i don't remember what it was that, that actually happened that made him turn his rage against the audience he had a he had some hecklers right david yeah he had a couple hecklers going push him a little too far so then he goes against the audience and starts asking them their names and <laughs> Disappearing um, folks. <laughs> yeah, but the thing is that like, since they never existed, uh, no one even realizes that people are disappearing right next to them. Yeah, um, he's like, oh, I didn't, I didn't kill anybody. They were never born. It's okay. Yeah, I, well, yeah, I forgot about that. That's like when he when he was trying to rationalize uh, disappearing uh, his nephew. Yeah, well, it's not even his blood nephew. It's it's his uh, it's Rena's nephew, and he's just <laughs> yeah. like, oh, I've been married. I've been uh, going out with her for seven years. Was so basically like my nephew. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> With, um, but, uh, yeah, JC's the like the one in the back that's like, no, no, it's cool, man. They're, you didn't kill anybody. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, man. no mama, no mama's tears. No mom tears. No die. <laughs> oh, well, not only that. Um, when he going back to when he disappeared, his nephew, he he asked Reno about and goes, well, what happened to your nephew? And he's like, very funny. You know, my sister can't have kids. I'm like, oh, yeah. Not only did he disappear. The nephew, he, he made her infertile, or or I don't know if it's her fault or the guy's fault, but they can't have babies. Yeah, yeah, and and that's like that's that's a key part too with the uh, that um uh the mentor. He's like, oh, see, you're just taking real life and making jokes out of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, no, oh, that's I'm right. Yeah, yeah. More questions. I want to know what happened to the kid. There's no child. <laughs> um, then Rena comes in to confront him. Um. Which this is where like you know the catalyst of the story comes, you know full circle here. Uh, Rena tells him that he's he is selfish and a bully. He's giving everything away to the kids. He's nothing is private to them anymore. And just just imagine that you know if you are a comedian or you're in a relationship with someone who is a comedian and they're using every single thing that happens to you in your real life as <laughs> part of the uh, as part of the set. Yeah, I think it would get it would get old pretty quickly. Totally. Well. Oh. I- because I mean, yeah, you're right. Like everything is is out there. I didn't so, catch what David said. Oh yeah, no, I was just saying. Um, yeah, if you're a comedian, all these things are you're using your life as material because that's what it relates. But then everybody around you is getting annoyed that you use it so much. Yeah, yeah. is that is that taken from true real life, David? <laughs> yeah, my material. Everybody just fades away once they use them. <laughs> Oh my god, no, I'm never going to one of your open mics ever. <laughs> he's like, You're gonna go up to him, he's like, Be talking about you, and then all of a sudden, I just disappear. And, <laughs> and then I'm not gonna have a coach anymore. Well, David will ask you about Greg, and you'll say, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Greg was never born. Oh my god, no mom's tears. <laughs> um, although. Samir looks at her and he looks like he's about to say Rena's name, but oh, he realizes yeah. that she is right and turns the joke on himself. He disappears himself while the when the mic drops to the floor. Everyone's laughing. No one no one decides to even think about why the mic's on the floor. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I don't know if you all noticed this, but he references a name several times during the during that final uh, act, um, Torrance, a couple of times. Hmm. And um, I read up about this, and it's it's supposed to be a hint at the actual ending of this episode because the ending and he ends up being on uh, one of the group shot in the mural that the comedy club has. Yeah, um, we saw it in the intro. It, it pulls out, and we see all these people on this wall, and then and the, at the end we see it again, but this time 
Samir is part of that picture. So it ends up very much like um, Kubrick's um, The Shining. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the main character in The Shining is is uh, Danny Torrance or Jack Torrance. Oh, the, the no so. way. <laughs> Good. Yeah. yeah. Well, okay. So here, here's, here's my question, right? He's disappearing people all the show, like the whole entire episode. And, and, he's doing it for good things are happening that are good right and you know like the bus stops re like restructured nobody died at the bus stop crash the other comedian's gone everything's everything's moving forward in a great way so what happens when he disappears himself yeah i don't know Uh, yeah go back to normal all those people are dead man well Well, you would think that since we're thinking that jc wheeler is not actually jc wheeler and he's the devil yeah um, he would just take them. He doesn't care. Um, yeah. You know, it's like the whole thing is, um, you know how they do with time travel. Supposedly, if you go back and, and change something and and uh, you are always part of that chain of events, you know, you're always part of it to make it actually happen. You know, it, um, the rebooted 2002 version of the Twilight Zone had a um, kill Hitler um, episode. Yeah. And she actually ended up causing it at the end of the at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, and I believe, um, I think the original version, original Twilight Zone had one with Martin Luther King, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't remember. I don't actually remember watching it, but I remember hearing about it. So I have to actually go back and, and look for that one. Um, but yeah, so I, I think it's going to be like, well, yeah, he disappeared, but he always, he was always in the line, in the timeline to make this happen. Um, ah. he's never been, although if you really think about it, he never existed. So that wouldn't make sense. But, you know, this guy um, being the devil character, I, I don't think he cares. <laughs> so he never, did we ever watch this episode or? Oh, yeah, that's true. I mean, he's got a what quote of fucking. What are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> what? Oh, didn't happen. It didn't happen. Uh, well, yeah, well, it ends up actually, the actual kind of little thing it ends with is that J.C. Wheeler is now talking to Dee Dee, mm-hmm. trying to help her out. And then they clean glasses just like Samir and, and, and Wheeler did at the beginning of the episode. So it looks like this is something that he has been doing for a long, long time, which is probably that mural. Um, probably every single one of those um, uh, mural, probably something that he's some people that he's actually caught. That's such a good twist. Yeah. Oh, you know what? And night, uh, the night gallery. I don't know if you all watched that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, they have an episode. Um, I think it's called the comedian. I'm not too sure where this guy is, um, bombing bombs night after night. And then he meets, um, it's actually a genie in this one. Okay. And he asked for, um, for him to be funny. He wants people to laugh at him. Of course, you know, with these type of anthology stories, just be careful what you wish for. Of course. No matter what he says, like, he, everyone laughs at him. Everyone's continuing laughing at him, continuing laughing at him. Um, and the thing of the, the story is that the genie had told him, I'm not that great of a genie. I always screw things up. <laughs> <laughs> um, and at the end of the day, he's so tired because he can't even talk to people normally without them laughing at him because the genie screwed up the wish. And no matter what he's doing, even if he's delivering sad news, people laugh. Um, he goes outside to kind of like in despair, trying to get people not to laugh at him. And he ends up getting hit by a car. Ah. <laughs> um, so um, 
I, at first I thought the, that the, this was what is going to be this story, and it might might be the story. It's just that they updated it and changed the the ending for it, yeah. and all that, since it is a uh, night gallery is a rod starting property. Yeah, that episode so was called "Make Me Laugh." Oh yeah, there's yeah yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it did make David laugh. Doing the old <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um so yeah, um that is episode one of the um of of the Twilight Zone reboot to 2019. Oh, oh one thing. Yeah. One thing. Um during Samir's first set of jokes, mm-hmm. yeah, he jokes about a plane crash into the Atlantic Ocean. Oh yeah, right. Foreshadowing like- the next episode. Dude, eleven percent, right? Fifty percent. We're only gonna get eighty. We're gonna get. Hey, we're eighty percent of the way there, but we're not gonna make that eleven percent. <laughs> which, which actually, yeah, oh yeah, because like I, I, I picked up a little bit of that in the in the bits that I saw. Jordan Peele is buffering, man. So yeah, so Greg unfortunately was not able to finish watching Nightmare on uh, at three thousand feet because his service was a little spotty. Um, I, Know what's going so, on? Damn gremlins! <laughs> Just in my stuff. The thing is, Twilight Zone. I, I exactly. Uh, the Twilight Zone nowadays is like no Wi-Fi. No. <laughs> I, I swear, I thought I thought Jordan Peele was getting me. Like it was part of the show, the buffering. I was like, man, it's thirty-seven minutes. I'm gonna watch it. I got an hour and a half to do this. Forty-five minutes into it, I got seven minutes. <laughs> so. <laughs> So, um, episode two, released on April 1st. Well, technically, if you go on CBS All Access, it says it's March 31st. So, I guess they released them the night before. But uh, this one was <laughs> this one is only available through CBS All Access, not YouTube. Um, so, it's like, we'll hook them with that first free one, and then they have to pay us. And we are introduced to Adam Scott as Justin Sanderson, um, who is... Um, a reporter, an investigative reporter who is a little bit uptight. Um, it looks like he's been through a lot of stuff lately. Um, he's a little kind of worried about the weather outside. He has to go through this extra, like full body extra machine. He gets the, the extraditional pat down by a TSA. Like a lot of things that, you know, someone who's, who's had issues, um, normally doesn't want to like get people. I, I, I will, I'll say I have, I've had some, some, um, unfortunate issues at the at the airport where i have to be like oh can you step over here sir like oh, you you've yeah. been random check guy yeah yeah <laughs> i'm like uh no one around me is getting checked well why am i <laughs> it sucks did they glove up oh no no <laughs> oh not that kind of, okay Woo. Not that kind of check, no. man but i'm the only like <laughs> i'm the only one that's happening <laughs> um so um he finds a magazine with his story in it and he reaches out to it. And another passenger of the plane that we will see later on um, goes and reaches for the same magazine to buy, which it's weird to me because we can clearly see there's a whole like set of them there and they're both reaching right. for the same magazine. And then they're like, Oh, I'll buy you the magazine. I'm like, how about you just get the other magazine right next to it? It was, it was the meet cute dude. They had to have that moment. <laughs> Um, oh, uh, there's also have that. Oh, wait, that's not a Hallmark movie. Exactly. Um, there's also uh, a magazine above his that with some mirror on it. Yes. I saw <laughs> oh. that. 
I saw that. You know why? Because my computer stopped and it just said buffering and I just got to see all the magazines. <laughs> it wasn't moving fast enough. I caught it. <laughs> and this is where we actually find out what Justin's been through. Uh, he's talking to his wife um, and he, um, he, we find out that he didn't have a breakdown. His wife, he tells his wife that his current assignment is the opposite of, of Yemen. It's opposite of high stress, acknowledging that he saw some messed up stuff in Yemen. Um, and it really messed them up, which I'm cleaning up that language. Cause one thing I didn't say about the first episode is the comedian was the first episode ever in the twilight zone to have dropped an F bomb. Oh yeah. This is the second. <laughs> um, That's good. That's a CBS All Access, baby. This is whatever. Yeah, you pay for that additional cursing. I mean, they don't they don't go overboard. They don't go overboard with with a cursing. They, I think they use it as a normal person going through the, the situation yeah. won't will use the the f bomb. It's not like getting a CD at Walmart. You get all the lyrics. <laughs> you go to Sam Goody. You pay for that adverts. Um. So yeah, so he he's pretty much promising his wife he'll he'll be back and uh, he's gonna be normal. Don't worry about it. Um, whatever he saw in Yemen, uh, even though it's even though it's messed him up, he he feels like he's fine. Um, and this is this story, even though it's a remake of Nightmare at three thousand, um, at twenty thousand feet actually. Uh, <laughs> Why? Well, yeah, the planes got better. <laughs> yeah, they did. They did. They did. <laughs> They're going um, to Mars. I saw that too. Mission to Mars. What's it called? Uh, it's a remake of, of Nightmare at 20,000 feet with uh, William Shatner. And yeah, then um, again, another remake of uh, Nightmare at 3,000, uh, 3,000, 30,000 feet with John Lithgow in the movie. Um, yes. So this is the third time that, we, that they remade this. But, but it is way different from those two stories. Very yeah. So, Greg, um, are you ready to get spoiled? Yes, spoil me. I, I got. I got all. I, got the, 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 I can tell you exactly where I got. I was seven minutes in. Which, <laughs> so, which was what happened? We haven't, we haven't got there yet. Okay. Okay. <laughs> um, he finds this podcast old school MP3 player actually. Yeah. Um, even has wood paneling arts. <laughs> oh my god! It's still in the box. Sweet. Yeah. Um, part about this episode. Oh wait, no, yeah. that's okay. Now we've now we spoiled it for me. Okay. <laughs> the podcast that is, I, I feel like it's the only podcast on this MP3 player. It's called Inimatic, kind of um, spelled kind of weird um and it tells the only episode on this the tragic mystery of flight 1015 which is actually the flight that justin's on yeah didn't happen to be on 1015 on 1015 yeah, because did. i saw that too when it was when it was uh buffering yeah yeah i did <laughs> um oh my gosh danny <laughs> found a podcast all about 15 the the thing um the podcast host is dan carlin of hardcore history oh nice um and he tells he says um a couple of things that are gonna are gonna happen to the plane as they're happening to the plane. Mm-hmm. Um this podcast reminds me a lot of Astonishing Legends, um, which ta- Tess uh Tess Feifel, who is now the lead researcher there with with them, joined us on uh, our review for Krampus. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, 
Um, it reminds me a lot of that that episode. They actually had an episode about Gremlins um, earlier this year. Uh, I actually went on the on the page and I'm like, hey, they, has anyone seen episode two? Um, it's uh, really interesting. Kind of reminds me. There's a podcast on there that kind of reminds me of this podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, so a couple of things that, that happens um, in the podcast as they're happening in real life. Um, it looks like a bird hits the plane. Yep. Uh, takes out one of the engines. Um, he immediately panics, uh, goes into the restroom, throws up, um, and he's like, "What did he say? Something about he says something about a break a, 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 about break a breakdown. I've been through a breakdown or something like that, and, and kind of like tries to calm himself down." Um, the other things that I remember from the from the podcast, uh, he's told about a Ukrainian or Russian gangster, I think, uh, who is Russian now gangster, yeah, yeah, it was a Russian gangster because later Russian. in the episode. He, um, there are two Russian men on the plane that are asleep, and he tries to like dig through their bags. <laughs> to, yeah, because he's trying to figure out if they're if they're the uh, people. But they're they're going. Uh, the podcast says that they were on the way to for federal protection because they had turned against the the mob, I guess the Russian mob, and mm. they are uh, now there. So one of the theories of of what happened to the flight is that someone might have wanted to disappear them since they were about to go, go and, and testify against the mob, mm-hmm. which this is why. Yeah. <laughs> which is why he is made aware of an air marshal on the flight, which mm-hmm. he tries to identify. Uh, and he fails pretty bad at identifying who oh. the air marshal is. So this podcast is telling him all these like dropping hints. Okay. So this is like far beyond where I got. So the podcast is telling him what, what what's going on. It's like a choose yeah. your adventure book. Yeah, the yeah, podcast is kind of giving him a play-by-play of his play-by-play in the plane. Every yeah, flight yeah. needs this. Every flight. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, he actually ends up believing that the air marshal is his buddy that he met outside, um, Joe Beaumont. Well, we're never actually sure if this is uh, this guy's actual name. Um, the credits name him something different, and I'll we'll we'll talk. Bring it back when at the end of the story. Um, <laughs> Um, so, uh, he believes that this guy is the air marshal. I believe they had talked earlier that he is, was a pilot and that, um, but that's pretty much all they talked about. Right. Is am, am I right, David? Yeah. That's as far as I got. Yeah. So, um, later on in the episode, he, he listens to the podcast again and he says that the final call or the final time that anything anyone heard about this, this flight was that the pilot came on to air control and said, good night, New York. And that was the final thing that he said, what, to which point he gets up panicking and he calls for the, for the captain, captain, um, what's his last name? Um, Donner, Stubie. captain Donner. Oh, oh. <laughs> no. well, captain Donner. Homage in the show was that yes. as soon as he gets on the flight, right? Like, um, Adam Scott starts freaking out going, is this captain Donner? And they start thinking about the Donner family. Like, wow. oh. So he gets up. Right, uh-huh. he's freaking out, kind of like kind of like in the original version. He's freaking yeah. out, kind of with everything, every single thing that happens. Instead of seeing a gremlin, he's getting this play by play on the podcast, and every single time he suddenly happens, he gets up and he starts freaking out, starts to to not know what to do, and um, he tells the 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 captain, "Do not say good night, New York. Do not say it, because that was a la- that will be the last time we hear anything about this um, about this flight." Something you should probably shouldn't say on on a flight. <laughs> um, <laughs> Marshall gets up and arrests him, saying that he's threatened the flight, so he's under now under arrest. 
Um, at this point, Joe get, comes up to talk to him and he says, I believe you. Um, I believe that the plane's in trouble, but um, since uh, you know, you've been arrested by the air marshal, there's nothing we can do. Um, although they do come up with a plan to storm the cockpit or for Joe to storm the cockpit and take over the plane. Um, he does this by going in through a, a lock that for some reason is also 1015, the, <laughs> the combination for this to go through the front door. Um, and he ends, he, the plane ends up crashing, but not before Joe says, good night, New York. So he ends up being the pilot that says the final line, good night, New York. At the end of the day, he ends up helping the plane crash while he was trying to stop it. Uh, so, but we never actually figure out why Joe crashes the plane. No. My only theory is that he was the one that was there to stop the Russians from getting to the um what's it called? To the to to trial. Oh that's the only thing I can think of. We never know. Um Justin wakes up on the shore, finds out that everyone on the plane is eventually found because he finds the podcast, uh, the MPP theorem plays the podcast again. Mm-hmm. Um, although there, everyone on the plane is found minus one person. He is still missing. He looks up and finds that everyone has turned on him and sent, they seem to kill him and then let, let it get covered by the crash. So everyone oh. turns on him because of all, cause they believe he's the reason why this plane crashed. And now they're stranded there. Um, so the podcast itself says at the beginning that no one ever found out what happened when he crashes. He kind of stumbles onto a second episode where it's like an update to that episode. And he says yeah. like uh-huh. months, months later, people are, are um, found and uh, minus him and um, Easter egg here. The, a doll of the original gremlin that was on, on William Shatner's plane is found on the floor when the other uh, crashed uh, on the, on the shore. Um, big, big, sharp turn, um, from the telling of the original story. Of course, it's a huge homage to the original story because it is a very beloved story of the original, um, original Twilight Zone. And of course, also beloved story from the John Lithgow version of uh, the Twilight Zone movie. Mm -hmm. Uh, What did you think, David? How did, what did you think about this episode? I mean, as soon as it started, I could see the homage to the Shatner version. Mm-hmm. Um, but I love the casting of Adam Scott because in most things that I've seen him in, he's kind of neurotic himself and very like on edge, mm-hmm. right? Um, so he was very believable as this guy who was like freaking out. Like in Parks and Rec, he's like always just like <laughs> panicking. <laughs> um, but I also thought... Um, the guy who ends up crashing the plane at the very end, he was kind of like Jason Wheeler in The Comedian. Um, he's kind of playing this devil-esque character, giving Adam Scott information, but then also being the ultimate end to the story. We well, see, that's what I thought too, but then I go, "There's why would the everyone be found? Because everyone was found at the very end. So I have, that's why I said, I think he's the guy that ended up being the one that was going after the Russian gangsters, making sure they don't, they don't, especially since um, when he said his name is Joe Beaumont, that feels like a very fake name, but the credits do not credit him as Joe Beaumont. They credit him as the pilot. Um, I believe that, that he's, that's not his real name and that he, all his intention was to crash that plane from the beginning. 
Also, in this one, I love <clears throat> how Jordan Peele comes back into the story at the very end by oh, picking yeah. up. Um, so Adam Scott, like, he's done, he's gone, but uh, Jordan Peele, like, picks up the podcast headphones and then looks into the camera. So cool. With the first, the when he intros the podcast, I mean, the podcast of the episode, the uh, yeah. yeah, he is on the TV on the plane. Yeah. I dug that. Uh, I saw that. Yeah. That, that, was, that was pretty cool. And then he, they're just finding ways for him to, to appear. He's not just all of a sudden appearing in front of the camera, like <laughs> Rod Sarton used to, um, to do like he's mm-hmm. there, but like nobody can see him in this case. I think he's on the TV and people, I don't know if people can see him or not, but, um, he's there in the plane. It's not like he's, um, I don't know how to say it. He's in the plane, but not in the plane. He's, he, he's telling the story. Yeah. Yeah, his transitions are so good. It's like this is the best TikTok channel ever. <laughs> um, no, I, w- I was going to say like uh, seriously though. With uh, I, since I didn't see the 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 whole episode, but what you guys just described, I mean, it's very. It goes back to the Rod Serling esque, uh, like how life is not a given. You know, you never have tomorrow. And he puts mm-hmm. that. In- put that into a lot of his shows i mean i don't know if a lot of people know but he was a he's a decorated war hero from world war ii and he saw a lot of action in the pacific and watched friends die and you know on a daily basis and this is something that you know he threw into his own shows that he produced and and i, I definitely think peel's taking that that kind of feel and just saying hey you know what he, this life life isn't a given and you know appreciate what you got yep but now this one is 35 minutes, I believe, um, long, uh, short, uh, 20 minutes shorter than the original, the first episode. Although I do got to say that it actually works being shorter. I think if this one was a, a full hour or 55 minutes, like the first one, it would have dragged on way too much. Um, it's compactness. No, I'm sorry. Is the, compact, <laughs> the compactness work. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Um, the to me the uh, the two episodes this one was the weaker one. However, IMDb ratings people like this one better. Adam Scott, no, I'm just joking. I don't know, maybe. <laughs> I mean, I think with the second one, it's more of an homage to what it's so on the nose about what Twilight Zone has done in the past. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think what, why we might like the compactness of this one is because the twist. Is kind of evident from the beginning, right? Like we already know, like Shatner's freaking out. We know, like somehow Adam Scott is imagining this all, but then he's not, and mm-hmm. it's not as big of a twist. So we're not, um, we're not in suspense as much as just wondering how he's going to get out, even though he doesn't get out. Yeah, and when mm-hmm. I watched it at the end, I was a little. I didn't know what to think. I didn't know if I liked it or if I. I liked the whole episode. I uh, wasn't sure about the ending. Um, thinking about it right now as we're talking about it, I actually really digged it. Um, it's still not as strong of a finish that I would like, but it's still it's still a, a fitting ending for the for the particular episode. And I think that's what some of the because this past Halloween I was going through the old Twilight Zones, and some of them like don't have a very conclusive ending. It just kind of like trails off um, mm-hmm. after the twist is sort of like. Pulled out from under you, mm. and then and it ends. <laughs> yeah, fade to black. So a couple of uh, Easter eggs, or I guess um, references in the in the episode. Um, Captain Donner, 
named yeah. after Richard Donner, who directed the Twilight Zone Nightmare at 20,000 feet in 1963. And the Goonies. And the Goonies. <laughs> um, the podcast that... Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast that Justin is listening to references two other aircraft mysteries. First one reference is Flight 22 from Miami Beach, which is in the uh, Twilight Zone Season 2, Episode 17. The episode uh. is called 22. The second flight reference is Flight 107 out of Buffalo references um, what came out in Season 3, Episode 2 of the Twilight Zone, The Arrival. Um, the pilot in quotations, introduces himself as Joe Beaumont. He is named after writer Charles Beaumont, who wrote many of the classic episodes of the original Twilight Zone series. So nice. a, lot of, a lot of nods and and um, what is it called? Uh, 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 I forgot that word just skipped my mind. Um, I guess references to two people that who, who helped in the original series. Um, podca- podcaster, even though it was... Um, the podcast narrator, even though it was Dan Carlin, he mm-hmm. goes by a different name in the episode, and he has to, he's actually not credited, but he goes by the name Rodman Edwards. Um, oh. That's actually mm-hmm. Rod Serling's full name, Rodman Edward Serling. So nice. I'll give it to, to Rod Serling. Um, we talked about the the magazine already uh, with um, Samir. Oh, However, wow. um, the magazine cover with Justin's article. Um, the one that Joe and Justin briefly fight for um, has an image of William Shatner's face from the original Twilight Zone. Oh, is that the the civility and his and kind of like his mouth? Gave yeah, it? yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh! Uh, that's and then, awesome. like I said before, at the end, the washed-up beach. There's a lone survivor. Is a doll that looks like the creature from the original Twilight Zone episode of a similar name. So. Um, the gremlin is there, but not really there. Um, so yeah, um, I gotta say, I guys, I like it. I like the the two episodes we've gotten so far. Um, great adaptation, great mm-hmm. reboot um, with the awesome narrator. Uh, I think this series uh, should last a couple of seasons at least, um, as long as. As Peel is still on board with everything, he's the one that in charge of everything. I think it can last um, quite a couple, quite a bit of seasons. Definitely. Um, anything else um, you guys want to add about the Faza? Yeah, I wanted to say something. So I was doing a little bit of research on Peel, and I think one quote he had about making the show with this reboot would be helpful. In the New York Times, he said, "If you can predict where an audience thinks it's going to go." You can use it against them, and they'll love you for it. <laughs> oh my God! Yes. So this is where he's going to be using these uh, classic episodes, giving us an homage to them, but then changing them up. Mm-hmm. Because we 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 see a preview to the next episode. Um, forgot what it's called. Um, playback or something like that. I forgot what it's called. It sounds like a good episode name. <laughs> um, but. Um, it references another episode of William Shatner of the original of the original series, where they are at the diner, and they're just oh, um, they're, yeah. they're playing that little I guess fortune teller thing with a little devil on it. Mm-hmm. That thing comes out in the next episode. Uh, don't know. I don't. Not, doesn't look like it's going to be some other story to it, but it just happens to be there. That's cool. Oh, one thing I did forgot about the comedian. Yeah, the dummy. 
Yeah. Do you know who owns that dummy? No, who owns that dummy? David Copperfield. Magical. It's the original dummy from the 1962 um, episode. And he ended up owning this dummy and he lent it to 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 the that's cool. As long as they referenced him in some way, which uh, Samir does in that episode, but when he goes, I wanted to be uh, what do you say? I wanted to be uh, a comedian, uh, not an evil uh, Daper Copperfield, something like that. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. I, you know, one of the things I that Peel's been getting a lot of like you know heat for just like with his uh, oh he's a comedian, but now he's like trying to revamp horror and do all this stuff. It's like I, I've said it a million times, but you know, it's two halves of the same coin, people. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to have the funny to to get the scary because half the time out there, scariest things in life we laugh at right. because you have to or you can't get through them. And I think he's gonna definitely hit you with a mind bender every time. And something you also said before, Greg, is that like comedy and horror do really great comedy, really great horror do the same thing. They kind of uh, hold up a mirror to society to yourself. Yeah, yeah. Cause cause if yeah, if if you look at it, you're you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna see it all. Yeah, and the thing is that as horror has always been that it's like they're showing at the dark side of, of society, which I believe why it's always been like looked down upon. Because mm. people don't want to see what we as a society are. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, it is not until recently we're in a renaissance of horror right now. We're not only getting a lot of horror material, we're getting quality horror material. Yeah. Quality. Has been a long time since we got it. We either had Gore Fest mm-hmm. or we had a great horror movie that nobody saw. Yeah. Or we saw. Yeah, or we saw a great movie that got stretched out to so many sequels that it no longer re- resembled the first the first movie. Which, yeah, definitely is one of those things where it's you're you're bombarded by all those things, and it's difficult to seek out the really good ones. Yeah, or uh, like case in point, I just saw uh, uh, Ouija Origins, and if you've seen if you've seen other stuff put out by by those folks. Uh, you're kind of like, oh, do I want to watch this? But, dude, I'm telling you, it was, it was, it was good, and you know, it's pretty recent. So, you make a good point. We got good, good horror movies. So the next episode um, is going to be this coming Thursday. They they are released every Thursday on CBS All Access. Uh, after seeing these first two episodes, I would say it's it's worth the uh, five ninety nine. You get a free. Um, What's it called? A uh, free trial for seven days. So, I mean, if you want to go that way, you can wait till I guess um, to the end and watch them all. In a, <laughs> in a week. Seven, seven days is not enough time. There's so many other great things that are on here to watch. Well, here's the thing. I'm gonna I'm gonna jump on to watch. Um, what is what was the name of that episode? Um, or that series? Uh, it was like about the folklore and and tales. Like, was it this? Tell me a tale. Tell me, yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me, tell me a story. Tell me a story. There you go. Yeah, that looks that that watching that watching that uh little bumper there for that was like, ooh, this is this isn't the wheelhouse of of just a, just creepy enough to to get my 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 cackles up. <laughs> I looked up the next episode. April eleventh is when it's gonna come out. Replay is the name of the episode. Mm-hmm. A woman believes she is experiencing the same moments over and over again. So. 
Um, and the, the images shows shows her at a diner, which mm-hmm. is where I'm pretty sure we're gonna find that little a little yeah. antique from the first up ep- that old episode of Plaza. Nice. All right, guys. Um, I gotta say, go ahead and watch it. Um, I've actually been telling people already on Facebook, <laughs> go and watch it. It's awesome. I hope that every single episode of the season is very similar to in, in the vein of this, of these two episodes. I do not want this to go to crapper. I want another season. Um, I don't even know how many episodes we're getting this season with, with this, but I want another season already. He wants um, them all. I want them all. I Even want this to continue. So, so we're, we're no longer um, remembering what's happening anymore. <laughs> oh my gosh. So I did look it up 10 episodes of the season. So guys support it. It's worth it. Um, that way we can get a second season. And as long as, like I said, as long as Peel is still on it, we will we'll have great content. I concur. All right, guys. Um, what do we have coming up next? Um, lately, I guess I'm not sure what we are. I don't. I don't have anything lined up here. Oh, we do have uh, Casey, Casey, um, a Boker coming on. Um, to talk about a new series, uh, new series. That, he's, that he's working on. Um, so, well, a new series of comics. <laughs> cool. cool. Um, so we're going to have him on this coming week to talk about that. And um, we'll talk to him when the Kickstarter will, will, will happen and what the story is all about and what y'all can get. If you support that after that, we're pretty, pretty much open. We need to look for some stuff to do. If you are an independent comic book or our author or anything that has to do with, with, um, with horror. Um, and you would like to come on the show, just let us know, reach out to us uh, at nerds FTC at pretty much all the social media, um, social media, um, sites, um, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or I guess not all, but those three, almost, almost, all of them. Almost. <laughs> or you can, you can email us at nerds FTC at gmail.com. And we can uh, look over the stuff and we can work out to get you on the, on the podcast. Um, right now, it looks like it's going to be the best way for you to get on for us to talk about the product or the, uh, I keep saying product, but it's the, <laughs> the, uh, the, the moving product, man. That's what they do. But the best way for us to get, get to it right now is uh, with our busy schedules. We're not actually able to, let's say, read a full book in that. So um, we might get a couple of uh, chapters in to get the kind of feeling of the, you know, of the, um, of the story, unless it's a short story then we can read it. Like, like, um, Ambrose's um, book, The Death Shoot, that was short. We were able to to get get, get through that pretty quickly. But um, a, a full book, it's really hard for us to get to it right now, especially since we want to get you, we want to talk to you on the episode. So um, get to it, get to us. We'll work something out. We'll get you on the on the podcast and get you to explain to our listeners why they should read your book or story or comic book or watch your your short film, whatever you know. Short films. Uh, remember. Guys, rate, share on the podcast. If you go ahead and write us a review on iTunes, go ahead and screenshot it, send it over to us at nerds um, at nerdsftc at gmail.com, and we'll get you over some uh, buttons and sticker stuff for you for, for doing that for us. I um, want to go ahead and thank Greg and David for joining me for today's episode, and we'll go ahead and see you guys next time. Are you a fan of things that go bump in the night? Chills up your spine, paralyzed by fright. Thrilled by horror at the center of a chat. Then welcome to the Nerds from the Crypt Podcast.